Hello, my beautiful people. You are tuned into the Planter Podcast, where we focus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Damia Shodi, and I am so grateful that you have tuned in to the Planter Podcast. Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome back to the Plantel Podcast. I am so happy that you decided to join me today. You know, I got on the mic and this accent just doesn't want to leave me. But I know it's time to get serious, y'all. I know, I know. Well, welcome back. Appreciate you for listening wherever you are on this fine day that you're listening to the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. And we're going to talk about something really, really interesting, especially for those of you who are interested in learning how to monetize your podcast. I get a lot of questions about, well, okay, you would make a podcast, but how do you monetize it? Like, how do you make money from it? And I really enjoy bringing on guests and bringing information that can help you learn how to make a business or an extra stream of income or really use your creativity to monetize so you know a lot of you are always interested in learning how to monetize your gifts and your talents so i come here with the things for you to be able to do that but before i get into what the podcast is about and my amazing guest i would like to remind you that today and if you're listening on tuesday december 22nd this is the last day for you to sign up for january to be in the one-on-one coaching so like i've been saying throughout the podcast for a couple of weeks i'm opening up one-on-one coaching for january 2021 where you would literally be able to um you know work on your podcast starting you know next year at the time of your choosing in January. I know for some of you, you are tired of waiting on starting your podcast. You feel like you're being delayed. Um, and it almost feels like a burden at this point that you haven't started. You may even have your own mic and you have all the information to start, but it's just really hard to get it started. So I would love to help you along on that journey and open up that one-on-one coaching so I could walk you through the process of building your creative yet sustainable podcast from scratch. So taking your idea and then helping you be able to launch and sustain your podcast. So you'd be able to work one-on-one with me over the seven weeks program, you would have access to all the information and processes that I use at your own disposal online. And then again, being able to meet up with me and we can really work on, you know, the details of your show, how to position your show, but then also how to think about it as a new podcaster and really how, you know, a mindset, the proper mindset going into this, and then how to really offer value through your podcast. So I really want to work with you on that and just help you, you know, really dive deep into your purpose. So again, if you're listening on December 22nd, this is the deadline. Today is the last day in order to be a part of that offer for January. But 
If you are still interested and it's past the deadline, definitely reach out to me. I would love to have a conversation with you and possibly see when I open up that type of coaching again in 2021. So with that being said, I would love to introduce my guest today. And me and my guests are going to be talking about how to use online presence to monetize your podcast. And the guest that I have today is... Somebody that I truly love and learn from on her own content, and that is Kaylee and Nicole. With more influencers entering into the marketplace each day, getting noticed by brands and landing partnership deals becomes more difficult. That's why with Kaylee and Nicole, she provides coaching for micro and macro influencers so they can easily monetize their influence and grow their business. You can actually find Kaylee on Instagram at Kaylee and Nicole, which will be linked in the show notes of the episode. And you can literally see her personality all over her social media. You can see her being a goofball, being really funny and authentic while offering educational resources that teach gals how to pitch to brands, negotiate offers, and get paid what they're worth. I have actually been to a master class by Kalia, and really the information that she's teaching is top-notch. So I highly support her as an educator in this field and really you know, encourage you guys to check her out even past this episode as well. So I hope that you would enjoy this episode. You'd gain some really good information. It was really valuable to learn from her and to be able to speak with her. And yeah, you can get some ideas on how to monetize your podcast. So after you listen, let us know what you thought about it. If you got any new insight or new understanding about how to monetize from your online presence, I would love to hear it. And I'm sure Kaylee would love to hear it as well. You can actually do that in three ways. You can send me or her a DM and I would love to feature, you know, your feedback on the show. So I would read it out or you can even send a voice note and that would be in the notes of this podcast so you can send a voice note as well and we can you know talk about your experiences and share it on the next podcast all right and then again don't forget that one-on-one coaching is done today on december 22nd and again you can find more information and schedule that call with me literally in the show notes everything will be in the show notes of this podcast all right so speak to you in a few seconds bye all right, Kalia, thank you so much for coming on the Planter Podcast. So I already read uh, your bio and a little bit about you, but I really want us or I really want you to tell us from your perspective who you are and what you do. Yes, absolutely. So I am first and foremost, so pumped to be here <laughs> and be chatting with you today. And, you know, like Dami said, my name is Kalia and I help millennial women monetize their digital influence through brand partnerships. So I teach a lot about how women can really work with brands, not only on, you know, a trade basis and get some of their favorite things from brands, but also get paid to talk about those brands as well. 
And then next to that, I also teach women how to just create their digital service offers, how to launch them, how to monetize mostly their Instagram or their social media platforms. So I do a lot of you know different things here and there, but my heart and soul is really helping women get paid to work with the brands that they love. Come on, somebody. That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> we're yes. trying to learn about monetization. Oh my gosh, look at me. Like I literally just skipped the gun. I got to tell y'all what this podcast is about. <laughs> we're talking about how <laughs> podcasters can monetize from their yes. online presence. So I have the expert here on how to do that. And she's amazing. Aww. So you know, your thing is helping women be able to monetize by talking about the brands that they love. So why should a podcaster consider influencer work as a way to monetize and really tell us a lot of the unique experiences that you've also had and how you've been able to monetize by just collaborating with different brands? Yes. So, you know, in general, why podcasters should consider influencer work in order to monetize is because it's another revenue stream, right? And, and having diverse streams of income is really one of the best ways to increase your bottom line as a creative, as a business owner. And so I always look at influencer marketing as just really, it's another way to bring in, of course, great profit and also, you know, partner up and have these collaboration opportunities with, like I said, brands that you love and that you already are fans of, that you already support, maybe you buy from. And so it just allows this opportunity to, you know, expand your reach, you know, increase your profit, work with dream companies. And so you know, some of the different ways and opportunities that you can work with brands. I mean, there's a myriad of different ones, but I would say one of the biggest ones is going to be, you know, social media content and also even podcasts in general, because you can have these ad segments on your podcast that are sponsored by brands. So you kind of take like, oh, hey, we're going to take a quick little break and we're going to talk about, you know, this brand or I'm going to share this company that I really love. So you can do that. And then you're able to, you know, use that money that you make from that ad that you plugged into your show and you can cover the expenses that you have, you know, for creating your podcast, which is really, really great. So it can even start out if you're like, oh my gosh, well, influencer marketing, working with brands, that just seems like so intense, such a headache. I'm just really not sure if I'm even there yet. What you can even do is, is you can start in a place where maybe you're not making crazy, crazy profit to begin with, but you're kind of plugging brands here and there. And maybe you're making, you know, affiliate uh, money off of that, right? Like a small commission, 10, 15%. Um, when people use that code that you share on your show, that could be a way you start out. You can also kind of keep your rates at a, uh, a level where you break even. So say that maybe it costs you, I don't know, $200 a month to run your podcast. Well, maybe you find a brand that'll pay you 200 a month. So you build up that recurring revenue and you know, every single month you're going to break even on your podcast. Well, Maybe you build the relationship, then you come up it up to 300. Now you're making $100 profit, right? So there's so many different ways that you can leverage this to your benefit. But I would say, you know, really look at having ads as a podcaster to cover some of those expenses of your show, whether that's to start out breaking even, it's affiliate marketing, it's, you know, right out the gate making a profit because maybe you have tons of, you know, viewers and you're being really, really strategic about the brands you're reaching out to. And those brands demographics align perfectly with the demographics you're reaching. That's going to make for an awesome, mutually beneficial collaboration. I would also say, Instagram content has always been king because Instagram is one of those platforms where you've seen a ton kind of come and go. New ones are being released. Old ones are being fizzled out. 
And with Instagram, I mean, it's, it's stuck here for years and years and they end up, you know, right or not copying some of the other platforms and making it even better. Right. So we had Snapchat and they took the concept of Snapchat and turned that into Instagram stories. We had TikTok. They took that concept, turned it into reels. So there's so many different opportunities for you to leverage Instagram when it comes to, you know, influencer marketing, because Reels are really hot with brands right now, but then you also have IGTV, you have live videos, you have stories, you have posts. So you have five different ways that you can work with brands via Instagram alone. Then next to that, you know, you can do blog work. So say that you transcribe your episodes. I know a lot of podcasters do that and they end up putting it on a website or on their blog. Well, what you could do is you could have that commercial break live talking about, you know, the brand, but then in that blog or in that transcription, you can also have a link to the brand and then that's additional, you know, money that they pay for as well, right? So they're paying you for the ad live on your show, but then they also pay you for the people that'll go and read those notes from your show and click on the link, right? Or use your special discount code. So there's definitely opportunities there. I would also say, because, you know, you are speaking, you're a podcaster. So you're like, I love to talk. I love to speak right? A really great opportunity. And one of my personal favorites, cause listen, I mean, you, you're hearing me right now. I'm a talker. I, I love to chat it up. I could be talking for hours <laughs> on this topic, <laughs> on this topic alone. Okay. So what I have done though, for two really big brands in the past is actually interviews. So I went to New York fashion week. I was paid to go to New York fashion week. And I did an interviews of a lead stylist backstage as they were getting the models ready to walk on the runway. And then I also went with another brand to, um, it was out in the, the country and I interviewed country music artists. So like Dan and Shay, for example, um, we even interviewed Andy Grammer and there's multiple other ones out there that we, we did interviews with. So I sat down with them one-on-one and I'm asking them questions on behalf of the brand. So I became kind of like this spokesperson for the brand. And if you find yourself really good at speaking and talking and interviewing, you're great, maybe on the fly as well and awesome in conversation. And it's just very natural for you doing interviews for brands and kind of being spokespersons for brands is another great way that you can monetize. And that really comes with time, right? So you want to make sure that you're kind of building these relationships because those two opportunities came with time and working with that brand for a decent amount. Um, and, and so those are some of my favorite opportunities. And then I've also done like social media commercials. So I was in there filming with production crews and we would do these, these filmings of, I would have like a script and everything that I'd have to memorize, or I would read it off a teleprompter and they would record that. And it would be, you know, ads for YouTube or ads for social, you know, on Instagram or Facebook, which was really, really cool. So if you find yourself good at speaking, there's even opportunities there where maybe you're like, Oh, when I think influencer, I think of like really creative Instagram photos, but it doesn't have to be like that. There are so many different other ways that you can get creative with how you're going to work with brands, but you just really want to play off of your strengths. So if you find that speaking is really a big thing for you, then maybe interviews or, you know, even just doing videos on your Instagram of you talking and sharing about the brand, maybe it's, you know, lives or stories, you know, things like that. You really want to play off your strengths when you're doing influencer marketing, because you don't have to just do what everyone else is doing in order to jump into the field. You want to do what makes, you know, you really stand out. And for you, if that's speaking, then definitely leverage that strength when you're pursuing influencer marketing opportunities. Oh my goodness. I mean, <laughs> you have really given some amazing points. And I think for me, what I love the most about what you've said is thinking outside of the box. Yes. Like you've given a lot of like 
for example, the spokesperson um, being like a spokesperson for a brand. And I was actually mm-hmm. hoping that you would speak about that because yes. I thought that was so interesting. I'm like, you went to New York. I, I was like, I saw the pictures that you were in New York and I saw that you did like a fashion shoot, but I wasn't sure exactly what you did. And you were like, okay, well, I was able to represent a brand mm-hmm. and be able to get paid for that. So these are the type of things that I am trying to even myself learn about and then also educate my audience on that there's different things that you can do um, in regards to working with a brand. It doesn't necessarily have to be just photos. And even that too is an art skill, by the way. And I know like that in itself, I, I know that even having to create the mood of the photos and the props and then the outfits that you're going to wear and with the locations and all of mm-hmm. that in itself is skill on its own. Yes. But I appreciate you for sharing just the the different things that people are able to do. Now, I have a question because somebody's mm-hmm. going to be like, okay, well, she said all of that. And how do I find my own unique, like my own strength? Like, how did you discover what was your strength? Mm. Yes, that's such a good question. Honestly, for me, I keep it super simple. Mm-hmm. And I brain dumped things like I really loved, right? What completely lit me up? What, when, you know, for me, for example, if you, you know, this was pre COVID, but like, I love events. I love hosting. I love speaking. I'm like, put me on stage in front of thousands of people. And I love that. Like, I love to be just speaking in front of people. I love to encourage. I love to serve in that way. For me, that lights me up. There are other people where they're like, I would literally, I would rather never ever be in front of that many people on stage. And and I I hate that. I hate that so much for me though. I was like, I love public speaking. Like that was my favorite class in college. And other people were like shaking in their boots at that because that wasn't what lit them up. So for me, I really analyzed what those things were for me. And so I said, okay, wow, I really love speaking. I also love creating fun content, but not in a typical, I say not typical influencer way, because I wanted my content when talking about brands to be less like, infomercial like, and that's where it kind of started with influencer marketing is it was very much like an infomercial. I wanted it to be more natural. And so I made that decision from the forefront to only work with brands. Number one, I already used, or number two, I would have a, I would do a trial of and fall in love with, because if I didn't love the brand, I was going to talk about it. So that meant that my content had to always be like it not had to, but it just was always authentic and genuine. And it didn't feel so much like Oh, sponsored, you know, where people get turned off by that. And so I I wrote that down that I wanted to create content. And I felt like I was really good at creating content that was just relatable, that didn't seem so infomercially sponsored ad kind of stuff. And then next to that, I was also asking friends and family, hey, you know, what do you, what do you, what would you say objectively I'm really, really good at? That you say, okay, if I could call, if I came up with this problem or I hit this roadblock, what would that be that you would pick up the phone and want to call me and be like, Oh my gosh, I got to ask Kalia. I need to, I need her advice on this, right? What were those things that you would call me about? So I started getting, you know, ideas about that. I had already started to also build a, you know, community online. And so I did a lot of market research with my community too. And I said, you know, what do you love seeing from me? What are some things you want to see more of? What do you not like to see? And if you were to, you know, explain what I do to somebody else, what would you say that that is? So that's even where it came down to when a lot of people say, oh, what does Kaylee and Nicole do? Or someone's talking about me. I always ask, you know, what are, what do you say that I do? And they're like, oh yeah, that's the girl that talks about brand partnerships, you know? So I kind of became known 
as that girl. And then I was like, hmm, okay. So then that led to me sharing more educational stuff about that. That led to me even working with brands from an educator standpoint where I've come in and I've done social strategy for marketing teams. I also have a degree in marketing. So that helped too. And, you know, even coming in and saying, Hey, okay, this is what your influencer program looks like right now. From the perspective of an influencer, here's how we could even improve that. Right. So it just started opening up all these different opportunities, but really it came down to asking the right questions And I'm a huge questions person. I'm a huge, like, let me challenge myself to get deeper and think about different unique ways that I can show up and I can really, you know, help brands leverage their marketing strategies just to the best they possibly can be. And it came down to, again, asking those questions, figuring out what my strengths were, figuring out what I loved and what I didn't love. For me personally, I love, you know, being part of videos and creating videos but I'd rather outsource the creative direction mostly to somebody else. For example, I have some clients that they would rather never take a photo again and only ever direct style, shoot, edit, and promote video content, right? So you have to figure out like you have specific strengths and also, you know, things that you just really, really love to do. You want to be leveraging those because you're also going to show up in a different way when you're operating out of those things that really light you up and set your soul on fire and that you absolutely love doing. You're going to show up differently for that brand when you show up in the ways that you, you know, adore versus you just doing something because you're seeing everyone else do it and you're like, oh, I guess that's just what I have to do. And you, and you really don't. It's like we were talking about, you know, think outside of the box, what makes you unique. Because then if someone were to ask me, Hey, like, what do you need in order to get into the influencer marketing space? Like the number one thing I always say is you have to determine what makes you different from other creatives. This is what I call like your unique selling proposition, which is a fancy marketing term for just what sets you apart from your competition. And I say competition loosely because I'm a very much like collaboration over competition, but you still have to think about it, you know, from a business perspective, you're still competing, right? You're still, you know, going up against other people that are vying for the same opportunities, right? So what makes a brand choose you over someone else? And I've given this example before on in an Instagram post and it's like, okay, so say that you walk into a a room and there's a hundred other creators in there. And this is, you know, you basically auditioning and doing an interview process for your dream, dream brand that you want to work with. So you have five people that are, you know, representatives of their brand. You have the marketing director, you have the person who's in charge of social, maybe you have a CEO, right? So you have a hundred other people you're competing up against, right? That are vying for the same opportunity. When they call your name and they say, Hey, Kalia, okay, let's do an interview. When, when they sit you down and they ask you, why should we bring you on for our 2021 ambassador program or influencer marketing campaigns versus the other 99 people that are here in this room? Whatever you would say and however you would answer that question, that's what makes you set apart from other influencers in the space. So you need to figure that out before you just start diving into working with brands. Because when you know, like you've heard, I'm sure a million times, know your why, know your why. Okay. My why for showing up and working with brands is that unique value that I can provide for them. So however you would answer that question, that's what you really need to dig into if you're wanting to start in the influencer marketing industry. And again, really good information there. (laughs) And like, I mean, even me too, I'm writing down my notes that, okay. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But how I sum it up really is owning your value. Yes. Owning who you are. And it's the things that are, that we think are not like 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like the things that come easy to us. Yes. Like it's the things that come easy to us. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes um, we believe that if it comes too easy, then it's not valuable. Not worth, yeah, it's not something valuable. But and honestly, true. it's the things that you operate naturally yes. out of that I love. Because I mean, you've really created some amazing opportunities. And I remember I met you at this event you we went to last year mm-hmm. and you were interviewing the different people who were coming. You're like, oh, I have this interview. And you had this really cute outfit on. I was like, oh, <laughs> this girl, like, <laughs> like she's just so like Aww. happy and just so lovely. And I was just like, oh, and she's like, oh, I'm going to interview this person. I'm going to interview that person. And then I was able to see you on stage speaking because mm-hmm. we went to the same university, speaking yeah. on stage and um, just being able to speak into the lives of um, people at the school. And I was just like, wow, like, this is first of all people get paid to do this one (laughs) two like she does it with such she does it so naturally so I just love that you are that example of it's really just what comes naturally out of you yes oh well thank you so much you're so kind but yeah I, I think that really is the biggest thing and I had to get back you know pull back the layers right and just make it simple make it so simple like what comes easy to you just What do you naturally love? What is naturally easy? Because I think for so long I was like, oh, I can't charge for this or this isn't a value because it's easy for me. And so then I like really sat on my worth for so long and didn't, you know, really charge what I was worth or pursue the opportunities that I wanted to because I was like, well, I don't know, like maybe, I don't know, someone else can probably do it better. And maybe there is some, you know, there probably is somebody that could do it better. But I was like, it comes easy for me. And there's value in that because what comes easy for you doesn't come easy for someone else. Right. And that's why I'm even here. Like for me, working with brands, time out, working with brands, pitching to brands, like all of that for me is just, it naturally comes easy. It's taken, you know, six years to get to that point, but it's gotten to the point where I'm like, oh yeah, like it's no problem. It doesn't stress me out. I don't have the anxiety around it that I used to. But I've literally built a business because on that, on teaching that, because for so many other people, it doesn't come easy to them. And they're like, I have so many questions. Where do I even start? How do I do this? What's going on? And so it's really cool to just pull back the layers and just make it simple, right? Like stop overthinking everything and just be like, what are you really stinking good at? What do you love doing? What's easy for you is not going to necessarily be easy for someone else. Um, that's a perfect segue into the next question, which is what are the top one to three things someone who wants to enter this arena, what should they have or what should they do when approaching brands? So, you know, you've spoken about really learning about what's your unique proposition. Now, once they know that, what should they have in regards to approaching the brands or what should they do next? Yeah. So I would say, you know, what you really should do next after you've determined what makes you different, you know, you've established that USP, that unique selling proposition. Now I go into full on research mode. Okay. So what that will look like for me is looking at a brand social, looking at their website, maybe getting on their email list. Even if I really want to get serious about this brand, seeing what products they're promoting, seeing what sales they're promoting, what are they launching? What are new releases? You know, there's so many opportunities right now too around the holidays. And it's an interesting time of the year as well, because budgets have been cut or they've been, you know, kind of pivoted because of COVID. However, I have been on, you know, kind of watch with all my favorite brands because I just moved into a new place. And so I've been watching, you know, the sales that some of my favorite furniture brands are releasing because I've been pitching to them for my apartment. And it's been really cool because I can say, Hey, 
I know that you're getting ready for, you know, a Black Friday sale coming up. And so I wanted to talk to you about, you know, potentially working together in this capacity. I know that you just recently released whatever XYZ, the furniture piece is, you know, I'd love to really build up awareness around this new collection that you launched. So people know, Hey, shop with so-and-so for the holiday season or during these black Friday sales. Right. So really what I did there is I was paying attention to what's new for them because they're obviously going to want to build awareness around whatever is just recently come out what's recently been launched. And then next to that, is I'm coming in and saying, okay, here is the gap that I want to fill for you. So maybe they are struggling with getting awareness. So I want to speak into that. Maybe they don't really have a ton of uh, UGC. So user generated content for their social media platforms. They could use that. Maybe they need more website photos or their imagery needs an update. Maybe, you know, they don't have any reels, right? And I love to create reels. So maybe I'll create some reels. So I've been pitching reels a ton to brands right now, especially furniture because holiday season's coming up, right? So I'm like, hey, sponsor me with this couch. I'll style it. I'll record a reel of me styling it. And then also, you know, me and my friends enjoying it for the holiday season, right? So it can be seen in use rather than just seen sitting in my, you know, living room. So what I'm, what I'm doing there really is I'm doing a ton of research. I would say, determine what makes you unique, do a ton of research because what you're trying to look for is gaps. You know, what kind of gaps are you seeing within the brand? that you're noticing, Hey, Oh my gosh, based on my strengths and what I'm really good at. So for me, Oh, based on my strengths of creating fun videos or relatable videos, they have no reels. Ooh, I could create a reel for them. Right. I look, I'm looking for problems that the brand is facing. Then based on my strengths, I'm providing a solution to that problem. Okay. So that would be number two. Number three, I would say is to come up with three different ideas to pitch to a brand. Okay. Because what I like to do is sometimes when I'm pitching to a brand, I will literally pitch all three and ideas that I have, and I'll put them in bullet point fashion. Sometimes I'll just pitch one, but I'll have two other backup ideas in case they're like, Oh, maybe, um, you know, we're interested in working together, but we're not really looking for that. I'm like, okay, well, how about this? You know, how about this or this idea? Right. I like to have different options for them. And then I will go into, you know, now starting to craft pitches for them. So I've figured out what makes me stand out, what makes me unique. I've figured out the problem. I've determined the solution I'm going to offer them. And now I'm going to write up a pitch that's going to basically put all those things together and reach out to them and say, Hey, I am the gal or the guy for the job. And this is why, you know, this is what I can do for you. And you always paint it from the perspective of what you can give, not what you can get. Okay. Because here's the thing. What I see, a big mistake I see a lot of creatives make is they'll reach out and they'll be like, I just love your brand. Your brand is so great. I would love to work together. I, I, I would love this. I, 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 Every single word in there is I, right? And not that I don't use I in my pitches. I just really cut back because I want it to be from the perspective of, hey, here's what I can do for you. Here's how I can serve you. Here's how I can bless your business. Here's how I can do whatever it is. And then coming from that perspective differentiates you from all the other creatives reaching out to them because all the other creatives are like, Oh my God, Hey, I love your stuff. And I would love to work with you. Do you want to work with me? And it's just like all about them. And you don't want that, right? You want it to be about the brand, not about yourself. And so you want to determine what makes you unique. You want to find that problem that they're, they're going up against, right. Or that you've noticed that gap that you notice. You want to offer them a solution and then you want to pitch that. And, you know, I'm going to be offering you guys a, a pitch template as well that you can use. So you can use my direct pitch template. 
if you're like, I, how the heck would I even put that all together? You know, and what do I even say? You can use the pitch template um, that we're going to provide for you. And then you can, you know, really implement that. And it breaks down section by section, what you need to include, what needs to be in there, how to word it with blanks. So you kind of fill in the blank. But the biggest thing with pitches is, and the reason I go, you know, problem and solution is because you want to have something that is so personalized to the brand that you're such a no brainer option to them. You don't, there's so many creatives again, reaching out and they're just saying, Hey, I would love to work with you. But you're saying, Hey, I would love to work with you. Here's what I can do for you. Here's what I'd love to promote. You're getting very specific and really customizing the pitch to them. And that is going to be a huge game changer. Okay. When you're reaching out to brands, these are going to say, Oh, wow, this person paid attention. You want to do your due diligence to show them. I not only love the brand, but here's why I love the brand. Here's what I love about the brand. And so it's not so generic. It's more personalized to them. And brands love, love, love when they have that customized pitch in their inbox versus just going through another one that's like, hey, we'd love to work with you. They're like, yeah, so would uh, dozens of other influencers. (laughs) And that really emphasizes the idea or the mentality of having a collaborative type of Mm -hmm. thinking or just in us it's a partnership yes Yes. it's not a oh let me like i just want some free stuff or i just want five hundred dollars for this photo thank you very much yep yep it's a business and that's the thing i love even as you're talking you know we are speaking from the sense of a business perspective exactly not a hobby so Mm -hmm. we're doing this in a way to one, build relationships, but then also be able to monetize from those relationships that are mutually beneficial. Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's what's really going to be the game changer for you as well. You know, those, those listening right now is going from, Oh, it's just a hobby. It's fun to get free. Like free stuff does not pay your bills, my friend. Okay. You cannot pay your bills with exposures and, you know, with, um, just free things, a free t-shirt here and that, right? Like you can't do that. And so you want to make sure that like, you don't sit on your worth that you really are knowing, okay, I provide value. And just because this comes easy, doesn't mean that the brand doesn't need that or isn't willing to pay for it and know that this is a business. And when you stop treating it like a hobby, as it's just like fun and, you know, getting packages is fun and unboxings are fun and you start treating it as a business, that's when you're going to see a huge shift of the, the, the needle moving forward versus just staying stagnant just because you're like, no, it's fun. I'll just take the free stuff. Like, no girl, you can be getting paid too. (laughs) Ooh. And that even leads me to like what I know I'm, I think people are thinking they're like, well, do I have to be at a specific following Mm -hmm. in order to start monetizing Mm -hmm. or do I have to have like 10 K 50 K downloads? Yeah. Talk to us about that. Like what are brands actually looking for? And when can you actually begin monetizing? Yeah, such a good question. And I love answering this because there is this huge misconception that you got to have like the 10K or 500 million thousand 62 downloads, right? And it does not, that's not real. Okay. You don't need to have that. You know, does it help if you have a bigger audience? Yeah, of course. But at the end of the day, followers aren't as big for brands anymore as the demographics that you reach. Because what brands want to know is that they are going to get in front of their ideal customers by working with you right? So for example, if you reach majority women, right? It's like 80% women listen to your podcast, then maybe it'd be really valuable for you to reach out to female owned brands because they, you know, that they're going to likely target a female demographic. You reach a female demographic. So they're going to be more likely to work with you because they know that by working with you, 
they're going to be put in front of their ideal people, right? So you want to look at demographics like age, you know, gender, location, things like that are really going to matter. Cause if you're working with a local brand, you want a local audience, right? If you're working with like, for example, you know, I had a brand, you know, I, I love wine. I love a good glass of wine. Okay. And I had a wine brand reach out to me, but I had to make sure like I wasn't able to work with them because number one, I had to be 25. I'm 22, but I had to be 25 and majority of my audience had to be 25 as well. So, which is really interesting because it's like 21 is the, the legal, you know, limit for, for drinking. But with, with that being said, like that really mattered to them. They didn't even care about the following. They cared about the demographics, right? They cared about like my age and my audience's age, which is really interesting. So sometimes you're running into things like that with brands, even non-alcoholic brands, you know, that are just wanting to reach a certain demographic. Um, even for like, sometimes it's events that are, you know, I don't know, a certain age, you'd be 18 or older or something like that. So you want to be looking at the demographics. Uh, you want to be looking at engagement rate, you know, comments, shares, saves, DMs, likes are kind of important, but I would say that, you know, DMs and responses, swipe ups, if you have over 10 K are going to be really valuable and shares and saves, you know, those are going to be really valuable even more so than comments and uh, likes. And then also, you know, coming back to that uniqueness of the content that you create, right. What you bring to the table, because that is something that was really valuable, um, to a lot of brands that I worked with that, really I brought to the table, I could do, you know, content, I could film videos, I could model for you, I could do interviews, I could do an event for you, you know, I was really diverse in what I was able to offer them. So instead of them having to work with 10 different influencers to get, um, you know, the things they wanted, they could work with me and I could offer them 10 different things, right? So that's where it comes down to, oh, should I niche down? And I only ever do this. You know, I honestly keep it broad with brand partnerships because I don't want to sleep on any opportunities. And I love to challenge myself to do different opportunities with brands. So when it comes down to overall, right, like what are they looking for? You know, when is the good time to start monetizing? You know, I personally got my first paid deal at 800 followers, you know, for really talking about followers. I had another, you know, previous student of mine, she had just over 500 followers when she got her first paid brand partnerships. I've had girls way under, you know, 5k land paid brand partnerships. I've had, you know, clients that, you know, have come to me and they've had 50 K plus and they've never done anything paid in their life. And we changed that really quickly, but you know, the follower thing brands aren't because so many people can buy their followers now and it can be so fabricated. Brands are more concerned about really who those people are and making sure that those demographics are aligned. And then also making sure that you can create unique content because you know, they got competition too. And so they're going to work with you. They want you to create content. That's really going to make them stand out as a brand. So looking at things like demographics, you know, the uniqueness of the content, and then also really what your engagement looks like is going to be even more valuable than just how many followers you have. How do you maintain a long lasting relationship with a brand? Yeah, such a good question. And I'm a huge, you know, long-term partnerships over, you know, short-term ones because number one, I mean, it's more fun <laughs> to really build that relationship with the brand. And number two, it leads to more profit because instead of you just picking up, you know, one collaboration here, one collaboration there, it's like, okay, you know, I can sign like, for example, right now I'm in an eight month contract with one of my sponsors. And so I know for the next eight months, I have guaranteed brand partnership work, at least with one brand. I'd rather that over like a post here, a post there. And sometimes it does start out as like those short term, right. Where they do one thing here and there. 
like I did with this brand. And then now I just, you know, recently a few months ago, signed this eight month contract that goes all the way into 2021. So how I was able to do that is number one, I always aim to go above and beyond for the brand. So if they wanted five stories, I wouldn't necessarily say anything because it was just kind of like an additional surprise for them that they really appreciated If they wanted five stories, maybe I'd give them six or seven. If they ask for three photos, maybe I'll end up surprising them with a fourth. And so even sometimes I'll like send out thank you cards to brands that I work with. I've tried to be, you know, really good about getting into the habit of doing that even around the holidays or say the person I'm working with got promoted and they let me know, I'll send them a card, just congratulating them really to make it. Of course it has to be professional and you keep it, you know, it's, it's business. But at the same time, like I, I really desire to get to know that person. I want to know how I can best serve the brand, how I can be a blessing to them. And so that comes with, you know, not just treating it completely as business, but also building that relationship with them, right. As, as people and also as a company and saying, okay, if, if this were me, how would I want to be represented? How could someone go above and beyond for me? And I kind of flip that and do that for them. So I'd say number one, always aiming to go above and beyond. I would say number two is being diligent about providing them with just new ideas. And if you see that certain content is really resonating with your audience, propose to create that type of content for the brand and say, Hey, here's what I've noticed. And I feel like if we created this type of content, you know, featuring this piece or this service, then my audience would really resonate with it um, greatly doing things like that is going to stand out for them because I was even talking to one of my partners is not your mother's and I'd asked them or they, they kind of did like an interview in my group coaching program on working with brands. And one of the girls had asked the girl I work with at not your mother's, you know, what makes Kalia stand out to you as a partner? And what she said was she's always bringing new ideas to the table. And so, I mean, that's key right there, hearing it from a brand. And from there on, I was like, okay, forever going to always bring new ideas because it just allows you to be the creative and for them to also trust you. And then building that trust with you leads to longer partnerships. And then I would say probably the last thing, you know, not even the last thing, but just a third thing that could be really, really important is staying up to date with, you know, their new sales, their launches, any endeavors that they're pursuing and making sure, again, you're still doing, even while working with them, you're still doing your due diligence on the research side and paying attention to what's going on in their company on, on their end. Um, for the brand, because that's going to show that you really care not only about just like, okay, I'm working with them. It's business, just getting the bag. It's really, I, I want to do this with you. I want to, you know, be in a long-term partnership. I want to keep working with you. Um, because again, long-term partnerships are also going to build that trust with your audience as well for that brand. And so it's really important to, you know, go above and beyond, provide them with new ideas, but then also stay up to date just to make sure that you kind of know and you're in the loop and then you're able to, you know, go above and beyond and create great content that relates to what they're newly launching as well. When we're looking at the engagement now on social media, Mm -hmm. how do you build, like what are some practical and creative ways to really build that engagement, especially for those people who are podcasters as well? Like how can, because I like what you said, you said that, shares are can even be more important or like the saving mm-hmm. the post for later could even be more important which i didn't even know yeah in my mind i'm like oh like comments are good i'm like i kind of knew that likes were kind of like well, whatever but like comments are the thing and whatnot but really the engagement is the important part so how can you build that on your social platforms yes so 
For, for me, I love things like, like getting on podcasts, even as a podcaster, getting on other podcasts and plugging your podcast is going to be really great. Leading back to your Instagram, you know, whenever people are like, how can we stay connected with you? How can we stay in touch? And you can mention, you know, your Instagram or your podcast, whatever platform you're wanting to lead the audience to doing things like, you know, Facebook group trainings is really great as well. Because the thing is, is, you know, the, the right people are out there. Like the audiences or the audience people that you really want to attract into your community, they're out there. It's just getting in front of them. Right. So doing things like podcast interviews, Facebook group trainings, even guest trainings and like group coaching programs is really valuable. You can also just be connecting in like different Facebook groups and, you know, getting in ones that serve similar demographics that you do just to really, you know, build your presence and lead them back to your Instagram, you know, also doing like live collaborative interviews on IG. So if you're really trying to increase your engagement on IG in specific, then doing, you know, Instagram story takeovers on other people's pages or live, you know, interviews with other people on IG, like collaboration lives or Q and a lives together is going to be great. I've also seen people do, you know, like follow Fridays where they get like, you know, two or three other people that are, you know, similar demographics as them, you know, they reach similar demographics and they'll get them together and kind of shout each other out just to kind of cross promote. But one of the biggest ways you can really increase engagement is to cross promote. And then of course, like being consistent, you know, on Instagram and showing up and, you know, reels are really, really popping right now. And so leveraging reels and stories, like any type of video content goes really, really well. I mean, even if you get on TikTok and you lead people from TikTok back to your Instagram, then I've seen a lot of people go viral on TikTok and then also increase their following on Instagram. So it's really getting creative with how you can cross promote and get in front of other people's audiences because you don't want to just be consistent and then never, you know, get in front of different people's audiences as well and tap into that. So I'd say those are some of the main ways that I really increase my engagement. And then of course, like, you know, you're going to get what you give. And so comment on other people's pages, respond to their stories, get in their DMs, like their photos, you know, follow other people that you really love, you know, really return that favor. And don't just expect to like, oh, sit here and like, oh, I'm just going to post great content. Everyone's going to love it. And then you just like never give that in return. So make sure that you always, you know, really give what you're wanting to also get in return for showing up online, but make sure that when you, you know, show up that you're also providing value. You know, if there's graphics that you can share, that's going to really be of value to people sharing those on their stories. Those have been really exploding like graphics. Even if you make them into a carousel post, you have like the first photo is a regular photo of you to keep up with the gram feed, you know, in the aesthetics. But then that second photo in a carousel post is maybe a graphic people can share and they can post that on their stories. That'll lead people back to your page. So, I mean, I could go on and on about the different options, but the biggest thing, you know, at the root is to really cross promote and get in front of different people's audiences. If you had one seed to plant, as in like a life lesson, mm. you've said a lot in this pod in this podcast episode that I mean, people are really going to take value from. But like, if you had one thing that you're just like, this is the thing that people need to know, Mm -hmm. what would that thing be? I would say that this is kind of one of my mottos, especially when it comes to business and pitching to brands is I'd rather hear a no than never know. So when you're reaching and, and that goes, I mean, honestly in life too, right. You know, pursuing opportunities, chasing after your dreams, whatever, you know, really God has placed on your heart to go after those desires in your heart you know, knowing, okay, well, you know, you have not because you asked not. And so when I'm reaching out to brands, like for example, this past week, I pitched to West Elm. 
everyone's probably like, oh my gosh, you, you can't even pitch to West Elm, right? But now I'm talking to West Elm, okay? But if I would have never pitched to them, maybe I, pro- I would have never gotten even an email back, right? I wouldn't know about maybe upcoming opportunities they're going to have if I didn't you know, just send it out and say, you know what, they could totally reject me, but maybe they could also accept me. Maybe I could get into you know, working with them, but you're never gonna know until you try. And even also, I would say second to that, another seed I would plant is you know, a, a no right now. A lot of times I take no's as not yes. And that's me being like Enneagram eight, I'm challenged. I'm like, oh, okay, well, guess what? I'm gonna reach back out later. You know, Unless it's like a crazy hard no and they're like, absolutely not, you're not a good fit for us. But I take a lot of no's as not yet and say, okay, well, you know what? Right now, this, this no is a not yet and it's making way for a better yes that's more aligned with me and my brand and, and what I'm doing. However, I'm going to try again later. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep trying, especially if it's those dream brands you really want to work with. And I'd say, you know, just really big piece of advice is to keep going. You know, I, I know that it can be very daunting reaching out to brands and honestly, you know, to keep it very straight because I'm a super honest and candid is you're going to get a lot of rejections when you pitch to brands. I mean, I've been doing it for six years. I still get rejected all the time and I have like, oh, perfected my pitch and I've worked with 10, like I still get rejected. I have friends that have over a hundred K they still get rejected too. You know, doesn't matter if you're just starting out or you've been doing this for a long time, it's going to happen, but that's okay. Because, you know, no's right now are making rooms for better yeses. And just because, you know, you don't hear, doesn't mean it can't ever happen again in the future. And at least you tried, right? I'd rather know than always wonder, Oh, what if I wonder if I could have worked with them. So I would say like all of those in, in whole would probably be the seed I'd want to plant because I know it can be daunting and, and sometimes feel discouraging, but as cliche as it sounds, just keep, keep going, you know, because the, the right brands are out there that want to work with you. And when you get them, it's like hitting the lottery. It is the jackpot because then you end up with, you know, six months, eight months, year long partnership opportunities with brands. You could only use, you, you used to dream about working with, but it's because you kept pushing forward that now you get to work with them and, and you're on their influencer roster, which is pretty cool. So, you know, you'd rather hear a no than never know. A no right now is sometimes just a not yet. And, you know, even if you do get a no, it's always making room for a better yes. Very encouraging. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because it's true. I'm just, just to piggyback off of what you said, like, I personally, or you know what I'm even talking about me, but just encouraging people that look, you have to make a move. Like Mm -hmm. there has to be some type of move in order for you to get a result. And I think sometimes we may think that, oh, God, you're supposed to show me everything, like show me Mm -hmm. all the details beforehand and then I'll make a move. But it's like sometimes majority of the time, just make a move and you will get more clarity or the results you need once you make that move. Because one thing that I've said to myself is I don't want to live a life of regret. Like I want to be poured Mm -hmm. out completely. Like I've done everything that I could do while I was on this earth. And I think that's what makes life so exciting. And then that's how, you know, you're able to do all these amazing collaborations and um, ideas and create, like even you were saying, training with companies and helping them put their influencer work together and all those different things. And it's like, if you just, if you didn't give yourself the opportunity to at least try, those things wouldn't have happened. So absolutely completely agree with everything that you said and tell us where can we connect with you? 
Yes. So come hang out with me on Instagram. <laughs> My handle's at Kaylee and Nicole with two E's at the end. And, you know, feel free if you're you know, listening to this and you found any value or you have any even follow-up questions, feel free to send me a DM. I would love to chat with you, hear your story, help in any way that I can. And then make sure you also, you know, download that pitch template so you can actually start. Like we were saying, like, just start, just put yourself out there start reaching out to those brands. And, you know, I also have like Facebook and website, but I'm mostly on Instagram. So I'd say, come hang out with me over on IG. <laughs> and she's really nice guys. I promise. Like if you, send her, <laughs> if you send her a DM, she will answer your questions. Yes. Uh, even just, even your content too, um, on yes. your page as well. It's just the information is so valuable. Oh, so, well, thank you. Yes. Definitely check out. I have tons of reels on there, tons of educational content. And if you're like, yes. Hey, please create content on this. Let me know. I'm always taking requests. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kalia, for coming on. I really appreciate you. I had so much fun um, learning from you and for you to just share your experiences. So it was great. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And I will speak to you on the next one. Bye.